Hi, Phil Swift here for New Flex Super Glue. What's truly amazing is that our Flex Super Glue is so strong that just one drop virtually welds itself to the surface and can lift over three tons. Forget those old super glues, get the one that's new Flex Super Glue. Go to flexsealproducts.com forward slash three ton lift to learn more about how one drop lifted three tons for demonstration purposes only. She's at high risk assessment, so she's being watched 24 seven. So there basically isn't any free movement for her at all. She's in her cell 23 and a half hours. Welcome to the global phenomenon, surviving the survivor, where we're all just trying to survive in a rough world. What's up, STS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, where Carmela is taking her last second notes, and uh, she is back after, uh, as you all know by now, lost my father about three weeks ago, and Carmela's husband of many, 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 many 62-plus years. Uh, Carm, you ready to do this? Do you have anything to... No, uh... I'm fine, and I want to uh, take just one moment to thank everybody Uh I, I am not going to make a long speech, n neither did I prepare one, but I was thinking that, you know, when they say that the outpouring of love helps, it was absolutely amazing. It did help. It it made it somehow less painful, uh, all your expressions. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Very well said, Carl. Yeah, I do. Uh, and I agree. Uh, STS Nation is one of a kind, and you guys have been there, and uh, we are forever indebted and grateful. So thank you. Uh, it is almost week three of the Lori Vallow Daybell trial, uh, set to begin again on Tuesday. There was a death uh, in one of the prosecutor's families, uh, so court will not be held tomorrow, and they'll be back in court on Tuesday. And we will have a special show tomorrow night with the director of Sins of Our Mother, the Netflix uh, hit on the Lori Vallow case. Sky Boardman joins us, along with Lori Hellis, who is writing a book, The Children of Light and Darkness, on this case. Um, and uh, they will be joined as well by Boise, Idaho, uh, attorney Jessica Bublitz. But uh, Lori Vallow Daybell, she is uh, spending the night, as she has since uh, 2020, in the Ada County Jail. Uh, in uh, Boise, Idaho, uh, but she could likely spend the rest of her days in a maximum security state prison. Of course, it is the trial of the so-called doomsday mom. It is the wildly twisted story of a seemingly loving mother, a self-proclaimed devout member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who clearly veered way off of that religion's course and became involved in the deaths of as many as five people, including her own children. And we're going to talk tonight about her life behind bars in the Ada County Jail. Uh, people were commenting when she was uh, in East Idaho, she had some makeup on and then she was coming to court. And she looked uh, a little different. And they said that the Ada County Jail is a tougher, harder place and it'll be nothing compared to state prison uh, where she could head for the rest of her life. So here to discuss all of that, the founder of Evolution Reentry Services, Jackie Pulverari, as a leader with over 25 years of proven successes in mentoring uh, and therapeutic environments and criminal justice re-entry. Her experience working with trauma in the criminal justice field culminated through her personal journey of making some poor choices over a decade ago, which we will get into. 
And then we've got Holly Coleman out of Dallas, Texas, on the top of the screen. She is one of the most notable and respected women's prison consultants. Through various prison consultancy platforms, she navigates families and individuals through the difficulty of incarceration. She pled guilty to uh, crimes. Uh, she spent time as a result in a woman's camp at FCC Victorville, California, two months in the solitary housing unit, otherwise known as the SHU, at the San Bernardino County Jail, and the final three months of her incarceration at a halfway house. So, uh, Holly and Jackie, thanks to both of you. Um, let's start with Holly. So, Holly, tell us, uh, how did you find yourself in trouble? When was this? What, tell us what was going on in your life at the time. Sure. So I was working, this is around 2013-14. I was working for a high-tech company. And at that time, they were merging businesses and everything that was filtered. And I worked for the high-level people at this tech firm. Um, everything that filtered through finance actually, you know, was filtered through all my corporate cards, credit cards, P cards, and unbeknownst to us, um, meaning the company, they were under bribery um, investigations in South America, Europe, and North America. I took a package like many did, left, and a year later, um, I was working for another tech firm, and I had 13 FBI agents um, storm my front door. <laughs> um, they were looking for ill-gotten gains that were purchased on these particular corporate cards, went through bank accounts, etc., um, being a white collar person and this type of crime and, and, you know, I'm just a good person is what you think. You weren't prepared for this journey, had to hurry up and find an attorney. Um, what I was facing was one count of wire fraud for $954,000. Ultimately, um, my plea deal was for 27 months. However, my judge did come down to 21 months. Uh, again, 13 months at a women's camp, two months in solitary confinement in county jail, and three and a half um, months at a halfway house. So after incarceration, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life, got my paralegal, started working for the Dallas County Public Defender's Office, went to the Federal Public Defender's Office, city's attorney's office, and I've had to scratch my, my life back out. But with a white collar crime, you know, Things don't just end with that. And, and I'm sure Jacqueline can, can attest to that. So that's a little bit about what what I what I experienced in my crime. And how did you end up? Solitary sounds like a scary place. Uh, <laughs> how did you end up in there? Sure. Um, I Victorville is where I served my time. It is a women's satellite camp and it's on a men's basically complex. It had a men's penitentiary and men's two medium security facilities. Due to their security level, they're not able to work jobs. So the women do all the work on the complex. I worked for the warden for one of the men's medium security prison. He and the lieutenant went to lunch and didn't wear the protective gear and they were stabbed. And the response that happened, I because I was working for him, they took me from his office and locked me into the front visitation room where I can view the whole complex and how the response happened, meaning officers jumping in the back of their trucks, they've got shotguns, they almost hit women who are trying to get out of the way, which they don't care. <laughs> They're just an inmate. Women who are stranded at their jobs, you can't just walk back to camp. Uh, people think well, you can just, well, something's going on, go back to where you're supposed to be. You can catch an escape charge for walking back to your camp. Mm -hmm. So 
leaving everything as unattended, these officers coming in, the buffoonery and how they handled it. Um, afterwards, I they unlocked the door and told me, hey, who do we call to have someone come pick you up to take you back to the camp? I'm like, who, me? <laughs> like, I'm supposed to know who you're supposed to call? <laughs> anyway, what happened was no officers came to do a national count. That is something that's supposed to be done, making sure that no one's escaped. They didn't unlock the dining hall. So nobody had dinner that night. They were still dealing with the response. I was writing about the women's safety. There's egregious things that happen. And it's not Camp Cupcake like anybody thinks it is. It is not. And I was sending those emails to be put on a blog outside. I'm just going through the through our internal system. And then they'd be posted. Well, because of this, the FBI was, was definitely investigating the stabbing and they also saw my blog which of course made the facility completely pissed off <laughs> about how I exposed these things and with that they decided that they were going to give me two infractions you there are certain levels of infractions in the federal system 400 being the least going up to 100 series and I got two 100 series shot for basically putting the lives of the staff in danger by what I had written even wow. though it wasn't about that. So they decided that they were going to take me and put me in the shoe, the solitary housing unit. And unfortunately, or fortunately, unfortunately, Victorville does not have a shoe for women. So with the infraction, I was also able to meet with a team that re reviews those type of infractions and they expunged them before anything. But the officers who came in to get me said, that's not what we heard. And they proceeded me to still take me. And they took me to San Bernardino County Jail. So like Lori Vallow, she's in a county jail. I was put in solitary confinement for 60 days. I didn't know I was going to be there 60 days. I could have been, nobody told me, because when you're a federal inmate housed in a county jail, they're just to house you. They really don't get much information. So I didn't know if I'd be there 60 days, 120 days. Um, I saw daylight twice for 15 minutes out of those 60 days. Lights are on 24 seven. There's a lot of things going on about County jail. That's not like camp. <laughs> wow. And we'll get into that's, that's what happened to get me there. May, wow. I, may, may I just ask, did I understand it correctly? You were, some women were in this men's uh, facility and then because they had no right to work, you worked for the men. We had to work, yes, due to the classification, they were not let outside of their pods or, quote, sales because they're too dangerous, their security level. They couldn't do the jobs around the camp. And I mean, the women did everything from running a backhoe to running a food warehouse, these freezers, pulling. And, and this is taking food to feed the whole complex recycling department, which it really isn't recycling. They just pick through trash. And kind of, <laughs> but the federal government gets, you know, a slice of that recycling. The women do plumbing jobs. The women do electrical jobs. They did everything. But, but doesn't it put uh, uh, women in danger because yes. they are around the men all the time? They try to separate that where men are not allowed, but there are always some inmates in passing that you will pass trying to get to, let's say you're an electrician doing an electrical job, which you're not trained, but <laughs> um, you will pass where men have to stand against the wall or you will have to stand against the wall while they pass. 
Do they uh, cat call and do all oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You should see. Oh, from the men's windows and standing up completely naked, smashed against the ones that had lucky enough to have windows. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice sight to see on your way in the morning. Well, yeah. Karm, oh, yeah. There's a lot more than that. Carm is curious because she walks a fine line. Stay out of jail, Carm. Well, I'm How old was the oldest female inmate, Carm wants to know? 78 years old. Oh, and you're going to see that was the shock. Anymore. Sorry. That was the shock. I saw very young, young women and then more middle-aged, but the shock part, there were at least 30 women that were 65 and above. Wow. And they're, you know, it's just, it's mind boggling. But when you look at some of the sentencing guidelines and what we're sentencing people for, it kind of makes sense. You've got that accountant person, you've got that real estate agent person, you've got the Somebody we're in that middle and it's low level hanging fruit. Women are the fastest or excuse me, most increased incarcerated person at 750% in the last four years. Well, the number of women women. who are in cash. Well, women have, uh, my, my, uh, theory on this is women have a lot more high power position jobs like men now, and they're getting themselves into more trouble. I bet. Um, harm. Luckily, you're retired. Whatever you do, stay out of jail. No, no, but it's been a rough a few weeks. Wait a second. It's not that simple. I, I, I'll joke later. I'm serious now. Uh, I am thinking the the more the fastest increase is in women being incarcerated, but they were still the lowest population not so long ago, right? Compared to men. Yes. So we are we are kind of trying to catch up with the men. Equal rights. Well, I think, oh, yeah. I think our assistant United States attorneys have certain marching orders now um, based on, you know, you look at the economy, you look at what we just went through with COVID, you look at the PPE fraud. Um, a lot of people got funds. They Some of them, really, they thought it was free money, <laughs> but they spent it illegally. So they're going to be, it's going to be, they're going to be targeted. And that's where you're going to see this big, huge net. So that's billions and billions and billions of dollars. And it's an easy win for an AUSA. Wow. Uh, Kathleen Barrett writes, happy to have Carm back. Uh, love to both of you. Howdy from Texas, which is where Holly is. Carm, love Carm. Hello from Virginia. I don't have to read that. And Marina is I a friend of the show all the way from the south of Spain. Hello, everyone. Greetings from Spain. Lots of love to Carm and Joel tonight. Carm, you co-host the show. I co-host the show. I read comments, Carm. That's how we do it here. <laughs> Uh, Jackie, Hi. always tell me what to do and what not to do. Same thing as Holly. Um, how about you? Um, wh- where were you in your life? Uh, what stage of life? How did you get in trouble? And, and where did where did you end up? And how was it? I was in my late 40s. I got caught up in the mortgage industry uh, fallout 2008. I owned a title business with uh, my partner who was an attorney. Uh, I took a mortgage on my own home. I overstated my income on the mortgage application and misappropriated the funds to keep my business going. I had my entire family working for me. So for me, I just wanted to pay payroll. And um, like Holly, I had about 11 agents knocking at my door, bursting in. I was in the shower naked with my husband. (laughs) And um, they were there in two seconds, right in front of me. 
and um, wanted to search my computers and so forth and did that and pled guilty because as Holly knows, you do not go to trial against the federal government. And I was guilty. So I spent a year in Danbury Federal Prison for Women, also a camp. And again, like Holly said, not club fed. I also had a job down at the men's prison. So every day I would walk from prison down to, from the camp, down to the men's prison to clean their bathrooms and the visitation room and the front of the men's prison. I also would shovel in the middle of the night. If it snowed, the guards would come get me and I would have to walk down to the men's prison to shovel. So when the guards came in in the morning, they could get in easily. And most of the women, and in Danbury, our oldest inmate for women was 81. So, Danbury, Connecticut? Yes, Danbury, Connecticut. Um, I don't understand. What is this? Uh, I, 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 I never heard of this. I mean, there are a million things I never heard of. But among those things, I never heard that the women are like the maids for the men. Yeah. Oh, and we get paid. Um, I got paid 47 cents an hour to do that. You beat me. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the high payroll. Yeah. Yeah, I got paid 40 cents an hour, 47 cents an hour to do that. Wow. And, um, but why he, couldn't the men clean their own bathrooms? Well, the men were restricted behind a fence where the women were free to move about. So the men would not be able to come out in the front of the visitation area. They couldn't release them. So the women would do, like Holly said, we were electricians and plumbers and carpenters, and we kept the greens. Uh, we did the flower beds, the landscaping, and really it, we kept the, the prison complex going. Oh, yeah. And Jackie, did you have the same experiences with getting cat called and seeing naked men and all that? Yeah, not making naked men, thank God. <laughs> but yeah, the cat the cat calls. I don't think I could have handled that. Um, the, the, the cat calls are just, you know, ridiculous. And they're not told they're not, they can't because, I mean, they're out all out in recreation, screaming and yelling. And it's humiliating. The whole thing is dehumanizing. And I had three children and my husband and my kids were, my son was in college. And my two daughters were in high school. And they'd come and visit once a week. And it was just um, no bars. I've never been handcuffed. I've never been locked in a cell. I've never any of that stuff. I self-surrendered. So, Carm, believe it or not, I drove myself to prison mm. and um, said, here I am. And they gave me a uniform, a bunch of stuff, and told me to go walk up to the camp. And I was going to stay there for about a year. Wow. So the... The common sense to the federal prison system as far as the minimum security for women is quite absurd. And I do a lot of research on that. But I did my year. I came home. And now I do a lot of research on trying to reform the prison system because that, that to me, is what really can happen. I really don't think there's going to be a lot done with criminal justice reform. But the prison conditions and the sentencing guidelines, like Holly said, that I mean, to see a 79, 80-year-old woman be brought into a woman's camp, frail, 
because she was a bookkeeper and was taking money. She committed a crime. There's no doubt there is punishment, but it also doesn't help the victims because when you're in prison, you're not paying back the victims. So the victims are continuing their trauma while you're incarcerated. So there's trauma on both ends and to the families as well. I mean, my kids, what they went through, um, I got indicted in 2010 and I didn't self-surrender to 2015. So I had to wait five years to get sentenced. And wow. then why um, so long? Why so long? Because I had a trickle down effect. They went, they originally indicted my partner who then gave up a bunch of people. So he gave me up. And then when they came in, captured my computers, there were files on my computers from him that they also needed to research. So they investigated them. So no one gets sentenced until the trickle down effect is completed. And then they start sentencing backwards. And so that five years must have been agonizing because you knew it was coming, right? Yeah. And, and it's the unknown that you don't know how long you're going to go to prison for. And you have to continue with your daily life knowing that you're going to be leaving your family. And that five years it's called pre-sentence release, does not count as time served. So you can't leave the state. You can't spend over a certain amount of money. Probation looks after you. There's rules, very strict restrictions for that entire time before you're sentenced, but yet it's not, uh, it's not counted towards your sentence. So then your sentence begins, and then you're transitioned to that. Then when you're finished, you're transitioned again to a halfway house. Then you're transitioned again to home confinement. And with each transition, there's a strict set of different rules that culminate to trauma over trauma, not only for yourself, but for your family members. And the victims are still waiting to get paid. Well, and, karma, then, karma. and then when your home uh, confinement is over and finally you can sort of that proverbial walk out of the prison that you see in the movies, then how do you reintegrate into society? Believe it or not, that is the most difficult part of the I entire know. journey is the reentry because women with a financial crime, I believe, have a more difficult time getting employment. Whereas if it's a drug-related crime, they have a more difficult time with housing, I think. Mm -hmm. The women that I work with, they can't get jobs at Uber, Walmart, Dunkin' Donuts. Nobody will hire them. And, and I have a felony for life. No one takes that away from me but the president of the United States. So it's not a state thing like Lori Vallow is, is in state. In a federal crime, you have a felony for life on your record. And that will always follow you. So the reentry portion of it is even more traumatic than going through. Is, yeah, is there research? Is there research on what happens to people once? I mean, uh, uh, what happens to the people once, once they come out? Do they do they commit more crimes to and, and end up going back, or or the uh, uh, level of um, of um, so uh, I, I can't find the word, but recidivism. Yeah. 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 Well, with white collar crime, the recidivism rate is 1%. I just finished a huge research project on this. It took me a year and a half to finish it. And um, I did a lot of real time raw data because there is not any 
research done on women in minimum security federal prison camps. And the recidivism rate is very, very small. So the system really is set up to help to, to, to force women to failure. And with COVID, they released a lot of people due to the CARES Act to home confinement. So now these prisons are empty. So now, I mean, I was in Danbury with 236 women. There's 89 women there now. So now what they need to do is refill the prisons because it's all about money, as Holly knows. It's all about money. And uh, we'll we'll get back to your personal experiences and tied into uh, Lori Vallow's saga. But Carm, this question is for you, I decided. Uh, Marcella asks, I wonder if Lori is seeing what she's done and seeing it was wrong. You're the only therapist on the panel. Do you think she has any idea between right and wrong uh, where she's sitting tonight in the Ada County Jail, Carm? Uh, you know, uh, we had a session with the psychologist. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Dr. Roger Rhodes. Dr. Roger Rhodes. And he was uh, he was leaning towards seeing her as evil and not as mentally ill, right? Correct. And the more I read about it, the more I think I I am having a difficult time imagining that she was a pure manipulator, a psychopath, a narcissist. I I personally think it's so far out of the realm. My explanation is this. She was raised on the Mormon religion, the the mainstream Mormon religion. And and she stayed with that, and then she met people and began to. She's bright, so she was looking for more. This wasn't satisfying her, and then she found this uh, snake oil uh, salesman. Uh, I call her fifth husband. You know, Chad, who wrote these books, and nobody really re- read those books, but. She could follow the intrigues of of the the complicated. To make the short story long, I think that I think that she had a problem with uh, manipulating and talking herself into believing. By the way, that was not an error. Carmel always says, "Make the short story long, not the other way around." <laughs> she had a tendency to do that. Uh, Marshall Dove writes, "Love to Carmen Joel tonight." Carm with exclamation marks, followed by Frankie Figs. Carm, she sent you something very sweet to your home. So Yeah, that was very nice. Really didn't expect it. It was a shock. Very, but, very nice but, of Frankie Figs. Uh, I want Figs. to know what Holly and uh, well, Jackie think about the uh, Lori uh, Ballow. And we'll get there in just one moment. But let, let me first remind everyone. So these are the charges. Um Holly, to you, uh, both Chad and uh, Lori Vallow are charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy, and grand theft in connection with the deaths of J.J. and Ty Lee and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder uh, in the death of Tammy uh, Daybell. They're also both charged with financial crimes, uh, with Lori facing grand theft and insurance fraud. Um, These are obviously much more serious charges than both you and Jackie. um, Holly, and these are state charges. So how is state different than federal in your case? And um, I mean, what, what's your overall thought on what you know? And I know you don't know Lori personally or anything, but just uh, the way we've been watching the, the trial. What I mean, it seems like uh, there's a very good chance she's going to be convicted on these. Yeah. 
for for me, because I have worked in the state system and the public defender's office over here in the state system in Texas. So I have that with the federal. They are different. Um, she is not charged with federal crime. So she obviously a completely different set. The sentencing guidelines are a lot different. State, these are strict charges. And yes, I do feel that she's going to be convicted on them and that she is avoiding the death penalty, as we know. Um, but she will be locked, yes, up. It, I don't see them taking any of the additional charges off. They're, they were just additional charges. I feel that they were committed, but they still needed to add them to, to this crime. So with state, there's also a little bit more muddying of waters. You're going to see the defense play, you know, again, the being a Mormon background, um, that type of brainwashing that she went through that period of time, her psyche valves that have not been made completely public, that's going to be a part of this. And people need to understand that that's going to be presented to the judge too. So that there's still the same thing in fed and state that they do something called a pre-sentence report and her health and her mental health will be in there. Um, first, you remember she was not competent, then found competent. So that's all going to come into play as to why one no death penalty, but life. And yeah. And you've seen, you know, county jails, it does take its toll on you when you are in, in car, she's been incarcerated. So this is not something that this has been playing over and over and over in her head, maybe not the murders per se, but her beliefs, what, what she really thinks yeah. and, and what she's created. So, so Jackie, she's in the Ada County Jail in Idaho. Um, tell us, what is uh, a day in the life? Obviously, she's got the trial now, so she's going to court. But uh, when there is no trial, um, just walk us through kind of morning to evening. And then, Holly, I'll have you uh, tack on to whatever Jackie might leave out. Well, first, the, the Idaho, um, the, the jail system, the, the one she's in, the county jail, is one of the 10th worst in Idaho. And um, so she's most likely in solitary confinement. I mean, I, I do want to say I agree 100% with Carm, though, and not to get off that subject. As a mother, there has to be severe mental health issues involved with, with, with this situation. And I mean, there's no in, there's no insanity defense. And people always write to me and say, yeah, mental health does not equal insanity, right. which is true, but they can't, you know, they can't plead insanity here. So right, um, right, right. whether she's, you know, textbook DSM mentally ill or not, she's going to yeah. face some um, a difficult uh, future if she's convicted. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't right. know. I don't even know if they're, they're looking at the death penalty or not, but I think they, yeah. didn't they pass the uh, firing squad? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, she's, she's not death penalty eligible, although Chad Daybell could very well get uh, that. They, yeah. I read a few places that uh, Chad, but, but may... Chad might get it. And Brian Koberger, who allegedly murdered the four in Idaho, who's going to face justice if he goes to trial. He could face as well. As a matter of fact, my man, Kevin Fixler with the Idaho Statesman, he's their investigative journalist. He has a new story that dropped tonight about the uh, ramifications of the uh, of death penalty by firing squad in the state of Idaho. It is worth a read. So check it out. But wow. um, but Jackie, just take it's us through right. um, 
what time are you uh, awakened? Uh, what do you do when you sell all day? And I believe she is in solitary because yeah. of her high profile. In major. county. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In, in county. And yeah. um, I, I believe what Ada County does is they they classify using a specific system, which is like a risk assessment. So she's at high risk assessment. So she's being watched 24 seven. So there basically isn't any free movement for her at all from the time she wakes up until she's in her cell 23 and a half hours. She'll get a half an hour for movement, which is required by Idaho law, I believe. And um, otherwise, she won't have any kind of recreational interaction with any of the other inmates at all. And um, pretty much in her cell, 23 hour and a half hours a day, she has to go to the bathroom. It's, it's very different than federal. I mean, her her, to be raw, but her toilet is in her cell. It is. So there is zero privacy. She has to go to the bathroom. There is a steel toilet there. She has a steel bed. And all she has that she can do is either read or listen to music if they're even allowing, because with headphones, there's a cord she can wrap. And I'm sure that's not going to happen. So when you say, is she thinking about whether she did right or wrong. I don't think she's thinking about whether she did right or wrong at that point. I think at that point, I know for me, and I was only in a camp when you're laying there, you're just thinking about how did I get here? And with that being said, looking at the, the information in the trial so far, it doesn't look like she has any remorse as to why she got there. It's very difficult for me because I'm a mother to even watch any of this and to see her even be able to move about in the cell she can move about in frustrates me and I'm a prison advocate. So she's not, she's, she's got very little freedom. She wakes up in the morning, they're bringing her breakfast, they're bringing her lunch, they're bringing her dinner and it isn't good food. And I can I can kind of go from there since I've yeah, I'd love yeah. It. Holly, I was curious. Um our first of all, ketchup is a friend of the show. Welcome back, beautiful Carm. Hello, STS Nation, best guest in Marina says love you, Carm. Uh Holly, did they um does she have her lights on 24 hours yeah. a day? And how close yeah. is the nearest other inmate to her? Okay. Yeah. So in solitary it, it can vary, but usually there's there's cells and there's bars. And you are in with Jacqueline, like you said, you have a sink, you have a toilet, and you have a steel bed. I actually had two. I had an up and a, and a bunk bed with a little, small, tiny plastic mat, a blanket that may be unraveling. It's just a prison blanket. They're gray. You're wearing your orange, which we've seen. Um, it says county jail on the back. You've got underwear, and you've got your T-shirt, and it may have you may be able to get it washed. And trade trade them out maybe twice a week, maybe once a week when they come. Um, you're wearing basically Crocs, and again the lights are on 24/7. It's freezing cold. You don't have a clock. You don't know what time it is. There is no TV. If you're lucky to get a book when a person who has been designated to bring books to the solitary unit by, you just grab one through the bars, and that's what you get. You don't get a selection. You just grab one. Um, you get a small little golf pencil and a little tiny sheet of paper when you. Well, 
Holly oh. just froze up yeah. on us. So Jackie, yeah. just pick up where she. Uh, was. Yeah. So so she's she also there's only 130 inmates Her. in the solitary where she Her. is too. So um, like Holly said, she's she's given very very little to be able to do. There's nothing else to do but sit there and think all day. It's a complete cold metal um, cube that she's in. Everything that that's around her is complete cold and metal. Her toilet, her bed, her sink. Uh, that's really the best way to describe it. She is locked in like an animal. Like you would see if you go into the animal rescue and a dog is locked in a cage. That is exactly how she is right now. And um, Holly, I think we lost you there for a second. Yeah. So let me let you just pick up where you sure. were there. Where I'm at. So lights, lights are on 24-7. You don't have a clock. And how you kind of, this is how you can lose your mind. And we're already dealing with a person who has mental health issues. Um, you're out, again, like Jackie said, they'll open the bars. You never know when you're going to be your time, what they call out if they open the bars um, and there's a small walkway, which in front are in front of all the solitary confinement units. And they'll let maybe an inmate out to go and use the payphone, which is at the end of, of the little walkway, or there is a closet looking thing. When I walked by it, I about had a heart attack because it's black. It was black mold and it had a curtain and that's your shower. So typically, if you're out for those 30 minutes, you have to decide, am I going to take a shower in that? You're in with people who have MRSA. You're in with people who have all different kinds. You could have COVID. It doesn't matter. They may have tested and they just can't get to you, just the way gels are working. Um, you, you can use the phone. You're hoping that somebody, you know, puts money on your books to use the phone. It's very expensive. And really, you have to figure out if, what you're going to do for those 30 minutes. And you're still not free, but that's the time that you can actually walk. Because when you're in that gel cell, both of your hands can touch each of, each of the walls in solitary. Um, it's, you get to kind of know what time it is just based by sh the officers changing ship, shifts, the sheriff's department changing. Um, and who's on duty, they bring you your dinner at five, or excuse me, your breakfast at 5.30 in the morning. If anybody is in solitary that has court appointment or is being transferred, they get those individuals up usually around three o'clock to four o'clock in the morning because they have to belly chain them and chain shackle them. And you're belly chained and shackled to the next inmate in front of you for transport. So they start very early and they also start very early for people that have to go to court like Lori. She'll be, you know, fed early because they're going to have to get her ready to transport where she'll be shackled, belly chained. And it doesn't matter if it's state, doesn't matter if it's fed, it's county jail. And this is how they process you. Right, but she's, she's, I cannot imagine that she's staying in there for shorter than life. So in oh, that case, not, no, this is, but in that case, life's going to get better per se, because she will be transitioned. She'll move to a state prison actual prison actual prison where she she'll and i know this is gonna it doesn't matter who you are even if you're this crazy as she is she'll still feel a sigh of relief of finally having a final destination and a place where she'll be 
that you can just it's gonna be like this for her. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but it's somewhere that at least you can eventually call home, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And just 15 days locked up in solitary is enough to cause complete permanent psychological damage as it is. And that's that's proven research, right? Just 15 days. It's very hard. It's yeah. probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. I thought my court case was not, no, it was solitary confinement. Yeah. So after, you know, they feed you through a slot and it is not good food. You might have maggots in it. You might have insects in it. It, it That's what you get. What is breakfast? What is breakfast? It, they, it's all carb loaded. So it's usually like some form of grits. Yeah. Um, meal, yeah. You get your one piece of fruit, typically then um, a pear, a banana. Those are good days if you get a banana, an apple, um, and a little carton of milk. And there's also on a good day, you might get a box of cereal, getting sugar loaded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lunch, bologna sandwiches, bologna sandwiches, the bologna may be green, bologna Oof. sandwiches. That comes to be revolting. You lo- I lost 35 pounds in 60 days. Wow. Um, because it's just not healthy. If you do get any type of vegetables, it's it's canned and, and then the nutrients are just cooked out of it. So you're not getting anything. Um, or again, or it's carb loaded. And if you're into that, some people gain weight. I didn't eat. I lost weight. Feed you at 11 a.m. for lunch. And then dinner is around four o'clock. And then you'll see shift changes. And like I said, you don't know when you're 30 minutes of your being outside of your little, it could be six o'clock in the morning and you're locked back in. It could be at two o'clock in the afternoon. You're locked back in. You never know what day and what time. And then, like I said, I only saw the sun for 15 minutes twice um, for the fact that they had other people who were in solitary. And again, there were some people who have committed some serious assault offenses and they didn't want everybody to be able to be released outside. So that was one of the ways the jail got around that. We've seen Lori, you know, with her hair done, um, she tries to take, she's doing the prison style stuff. She, I saw her with a tiny little rubber band that she had in her hair. A lot of people take or rip part of their bedding and they'll wet their hair and they'll tie it, like old school, um, put rags in your hair and you sleep on that and it causes a curl. We've seen her like that. You take your pencil um, to create eyeliner. Um, if she is reading a magazine, um, she can take a little bit of toilet paper and water and find something that's red or pink and put lipstick on and rouge. Use a little bit of that and your little bit of your toothbrush that you have. That is otherwise you got a comb <laughs> and that's it. How do you learn to do that? Does someone in there show you what to do or you just learn it on your own? You, you've seen, you hear, especially when you're being transported and you're being held. Yeah, and you're, she's not alone when she gets to the courthouse and she's being held in the, in the uh, courtroom. There's, an, there's a chamber and it's like a little jail cell. That's where she's at. And you pick up, you pick up these things. Uh, Jackie, Anna Banana writes, how is all this humane? In all seriousness, how do they keep the inmates from going insane? I would deteriorate and lose my mind. Actually, let's throw this to Holly since she was in solitary. Uh, How close were you to, quote unquote, losing your mind, Holly, in there? You know, it got really bad the last week that I was in because, again, I didn't know how long I was going to be there and I didn't know how long I was going to be able to do this anymore. And 
the person who used to pass out books, they lost their job and they never backfilled it. So I was in there with nothing. And you have, I kept, my mind had to stay focused for what was the future going to happen. And I had to think about, okay, little bitty things. Let me get out of here and let me see what's going to happen. Am I going to be going to the camp or are they going to send me to the next level higher place? What am I going to do with my life? Concentrate on the positive of things that I, in my, my life. So I didn't go crazy. Um, I used to, again, do the little tick, 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 tick things for, you know, if I knew it was four o'clock in the morning, you know, I tried to kind of keep count that way and know the time. It just, you, you, in your mental, you just have to push and it's so hard. It is so hard. Do you try to sleep away the day or what, what, I mean, how do you, you can only sleep so much, right? You know, and it's funny because in federal prison, they don't want any girls sleeping at camp all day long. They don't want you doing that. They want you and county jail. You can sleep the day away, but you can only sleep so much and you're hungry and you're freezing. And so you're trying to figure out compartmentalize. You just get one little blanket, one blanket, no pillow. No, one no blanket. Pillow. No pillow. No so pillow. You, you, your Little head is on that flat mat. Yeah. Your and head. that thing doesn't and you get exchange your you get to exchange your blanket every three months when I was there. Why so no I, pillow? I because you can suffocate yourself? I think it's just a lot of those things. Yes. You know, you see <laughs> we could go on yeah. and see other people who have Yeah, even in even in the federal prison, there's no um the pillows are built into the And you have to know that there's some people who have been in solitary confinement for very long periods of time, either due to their court case and they can't get to them. So they're being housed there. And some of the things that you see that toilets overflow, it flows all the way down that hallway. So you've got that issue. Um, I was taken to medical. I will say that in a lot of the other inmates with me, um, we're taken in and it was funny because they were like, leave her alone. She's a fed. <laughs> Otherwise they would have going to give me shit. So wow. hopefully I didn't mean to cause, sorry guys. Um, but no, that's no. how it is inside. Um, no one curses more than her. <laughs> um, Catherine it's, asked. It's good for a new language when you're learning. Just the other day. My, helps you express. My, but that's, day, my kids ask grandma why she uses the F word so much. She said she got Joel, frustrated. They did. Don't embarrass. I have a certain <laughs> image and now you're ruining it. And they, they asked why grandma uses that word. I said to ask her. She says that I frustrate her. So that, that would be <laughs> oh, I could see that. Yeah. Carm, I'm on your side. I could see that. Kat, uh, so, Jackie, to you, Catherine says, hearing the food is like this makes me mad. We, the American taxpayers, are probably paying top dollar for rotten food. Um. Jackie, yeah. I know you're working on, you know, prison reform. If people are watching this and, you know, and they're, most people are obviously outraged and believe Lori deserves all this. But yeah. aside from that, people like you who are incarcerated uh, and people are interested in, you know, helping or finding out more, what's the best way to do that? And by the way, Patty David says, love and hugs to Carm. And Candy Temple says, it's so, so lovely to see you and Carm. You too, Joel. Thank you. So kind. Um, <laughs> But Jackie, what, what, what can people do if they're interested in finding out more about this? This is one of the things that frustrates me the most. Um, I believe that everybody is a human and she's not been found guilty yet. So to treat anybody 
the way she's being treated when she has not been found guilty, which we do know. I mean, she's most likely going to be found guilty, but um, there's not a lot to find out about how the prisons are feeding people. And that's what is the sad thing. There's not a lot of research. It's a very hush-hush thing. If you ask any prison or jail or government, they will all tell you that the food is pretty good, but we all know it is expired food. It's um, I've had food that did have maggots in it and it, it was expired. I mean, the meats expired and it's just inhumane. You wouldn't even give this kind of food to animals. So to me, it is correct. The taxpayer dollars are paying not for food that is being any kind of nutritional value at all. So now you have a bunch of people that are in prison. Now we say that prisons are supposed to rehabilitate and punish, but if they're rehabilitative at all, then you can't give people any kind of you have to give them nutrition in order to be healthy, mind, body, and soul. And that's not happening at all, period. And to find out about what is going on is, Holly can tell you, is almost impossible unless you've been through it. It's they'll say, they'll refer to their program statement, what they yeah. put out. Policy. We're going to refer to our, and the, you know, most corporations do that. They just say, you know, here's my white paper and here's... <laughs> You, you can't find many statistics because in the Department of Corrections and the Bureau of Prisons on the federal side, they're autonomous. They audit themselves. There is no, there's no other independent auditing company that comes in. Okay. They have their own little audit team. So it's like, what? This doesn't make sense. And why isn't this information getting out to the public? It's because if you're not close to it, don't have a loved one, don't have a friend you know, nobody really cares. And people want, if you yeah. did what you did, you just need to deserve. And this is what you get. But it is the malfeasance at any level. And it's, it's, there's no medical, there's no food, there's no healthy food. Wait a second, there is no medical. I was, my question was, how is the hospital? Is there a prison hospital? Terrible. Jack, you take because. In the federal system, it's a lot different. They do yeah. have federal medical facilities that they, they tech, yeah, they, yeah, they actually, yeah, they have Texas. In the state, I have a couple of women that are in in the Department of Corrections in the state of Connecticut right now, and one of them is very ill. And no, they don't have medical. And the women that go in that are have addicts, they're addicts and they have addictions. There, it's so terrible to see them just laying on their beds detoxing all over the place and there's nobody helping them. There's no methadone. There's nothing that you go in. So what I tell women before they go into prison is look at the formulatory. Each prison system has their own formulatory for medications. So say for an example, you are, you have mental health issues and you are on, um, I don't know, Prozac for an example. When you go to prison, you won't be given Prozac. You'll be given a completely different drug that is equivalent possibly. And Carm, you know that when you're on a mental health regimen or if you have mental health drugs, they're all very, very different. So to be able to take two drugs and 
put them together as being similar, it makes, it makes you actually go out of your mind. I have a woman there now who was on lithium and she was, she was here seeing a psychiatrist. She's now in prison. Her lithium was immediately taken away. She, she has no medication at all. And that for, um, is that for manic depression? Yes. Yeah. Lithium yeah. And bipolar. Bipolar. Yeah. And, um, it, it, she's going out of her mind. I get letters every day from women about the medical. It's Sounds like good. going back That's to Lori, going back to Lori, the, the person we are focusing on these days. Uh, and there was a suspicion. People were discussing that she must be on some kind of a medication because, yeah. because she was falling asleep. During the night, so she been. had she had a meltdown in court on Tuesday after seeing graphic photos of her children. Uh, asked to be released from the court, the judge ruled against her, um, Holly. But then people reported her to be. They thought she was sleeping, and other reporters said she just had her eyes closed. But could that be a case, uh, Holly, where they're medicating her? Could be certainly. She has her. She takes her drugs before she leaves the facility. Wouldn't surprise me on some of the things that they. Yes, would prescribe to her. But again, it all depends on what time, right? What time Medline is. If you are prescribed a drug to help you sleep, if pill line, if they give their medication out at two in the afternoon, you're given that medication at two in the afternoon. So, but county not going to help. She'll give it to her before she she get when she's getting shackled and belly chained. She'll have it before then. So, and it could be something that's making her sleepy or affecting her. Well, we've got a lot of questions from STS Nation. Please hit that like button. Don't do it for me. Do it for the lady right here. Uh, Marina, in the south of Spain, watching us, writes, uh, do female, Holly, do female child killers get some special treatment in prison? We know that if you go into state prison, for sure, as a, as a male and you've killed children, uh, it does not bode well for you. What about doesn't female? Bode well for her either. Same. doesn't bode well for her either. You're in with mothers, you're in with sisters, and you're in with, you know, it's that they have children. And they know they they specifically know this case, and I'm sure they've read a ton on it, and she will have a very difficult time. Yes, it it will not surprise me if she's threatened and that they are going to probably end up having to probably put her either temporarily into a solitary position. Um and then move her into general population and with somebody and knowing the group that they're going to put her in very, very well. But yes, I see her and, life endangered. Yes. And Holly, it goes without saying that everyone in the Ada County jail, male and female, know that this high profile inmate is in there now, right? Oh, yeah, by, yeah. by far. One is they want to do everything they can by the book because they don't want anything to go wrong or they can't say something happened in the jail to her. Um she is being watched. That's why, like Jacqueline said, you know, solitary. But I'm saying all the inmates know. Oh, all the inmates. Oh, yeah. This is, but, this is but not. But she's potentially a, for a, a, a hardened female criminal in there who wants to make a name for herself. She's, Lori's a target if they can get Lori's to her. Right? There, if she's being moved, let's say, to her medical appointment, um, you know, like I said, they do movement and you're supposed to walk single file. It doesn't matter. It could be that inmate that wants to get her. They're going to get her. By uh, the way, I have a question. When you said that you were you were working with these men in the beginning of the the hour, you mm-hmm. mentioned, and then somebody was stabbed. It was my. It was the warden 
that was stabbed. He no, went down. Nobody, nobody less than the warden. The warden. <laughs> it was his lieutenant and the warden were stabbed at lunch. They didn't wear their protective gear when they went to the men's lunch to oversee. And an inmate got behind him and had taken a toothbrush, shaved it down, and cut him from his neck all the way down to his groin. Wow. And he wow. died. And then stabbed the um, lieutenant in the kidney. He did not die. He was flight for life, and 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 he <laughs> he he lived, and he ended up retiring. He never came back. Wow, probably a good decision. Marking time rights. Please accept my condolences to you both and all your family. It's always tough, but hold on tight to your memories. Carm, follow here. This is a question Thank for you, Carm. You. Thank you. Marshall Dove asks Carmela, the only therapist on the panel, do you think Lori is still in her beliefs? Do you still think she believes all these things? This is probably the most, couldn't you have asked an easier question? Um, I don't think so. And I tell you why I don't. I think she's slowly, it's like it's wearing out. She doesn't get reinforced by Chad's books and Chad's talk. Her friend Zulema Pastenes, who was testifying on Friday. Carm loves to name drop to show I, that she's following the I, I read it because he says I don't She's do Alex Cox, Lori's, that's Lori's brother's ex-wife. No, first that was her friend. Correct. And it, it, there was a very limited number of groupies uh, of Chad's and Lori's, and she was one of the groupies. And then somehow they maneuvered that for two weeks she was married this um, Zulema was married to uh, Lori's brother. Um, I just said that. Brother, Alex but the, the point I was trying to make is to answer the question: If um, if I think that she was um, still believing in all this, her friend said during the time that she participated in, in this exorcism, I, I call exorcism. it exorcism. Close enough, Carm. Thanks. Uh, during that time, during that time, she really believed it, but now she doesn't believe it anymore. That's the good friend, uh, Zulema, who is stating this. Uh, for those of you so, who don't know, and I did my homework too, Carmen, okay. you're not the only one. Uh, the Ada County Jail was built in 1977 when the Ada County Boise City Public Safety Building first opened. The jail, listen to this, was originally built to hold a maximum of 160 inmates plus 32 work release prisoners. So it was built for 160 inmates. And today the capacity is 1,224. That's like 10 times the amount it was originally built for. Each female dorm houses 56 women. There are no single cells. Inmates have their own beds and they all share a common area. Generally, one deputy is able to supervise an entire dorm, but inmates are also assigned a security risk level or classification, and she is obviously uh, at the highest risk in there. So uh, as these women both pointed out, she is uh, riding solo right now. Um, Holly, to you, by the way, Ann Vroom is a friend of the show. Wonderful wonderful to have you back with us, Carm. We missed you. Glad to see you, as is Andy School. Hello, STS from Michigan. and look, people are, and I get it. Marcella says this is the best part. She'll never be free again. 
and it's a national, international show. Hello from Melbourne, Australia. We have a lot of international viewers on here tonight, followed by another, oh, sorry about that, Bugs. You can put that back up. We love you, Carm. The chief marketing officer is quietly uh, on here um, checking comments That's for us. And I have to apologize to Holly and Jackie because uh, I was away. And I just came back, so you are getting all this, uh, the comments that are very nice for me, but they are not a <laughs> waste of time for you. No, so, not at all. No, not at all. Jessica K writes, what is, look, everyone wants to hear from Carm. What is Carm's take on Lori's meltdown, Carm? We were talking about antics, or has it really uh, hit home? So on Tuesday... As we were saying, Carm, there was a detective on the stand for all day yeah, Monday. And, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I and know. he was describing so, horrible, so, aut- showing, aut- they were seeing autopsy photos, photos of the dead children. She asked to be removed. The judge said, no, sit your ass down. She had allegedly, to sit allegedly, she's, because we don't have a camera, we have to believe in what other people say. So allegedly, when, the, when those atrocities were shown and the children were shown, uh, she did not react at all. Uh, Lori did not react at all. Afterwards, uh, there is a suspicion, and I read an article about this, that somebody warned her that she seemed too indifferent and too um, calm and that, that it didn't look well, the optics weren't good. And then she said she doesn't want to stay here anymore and she can't see it anymore. But during the time they were showing it, she was there and she did not really react. Uh, I I think on some very crazy, insane level, I understand her in light of my experience now. Because a terrible thing happened but uh, to me, but I still didn't get it uh, completely. It, it takes time to absorb what what is happening when when uh, when you are in a state like you're uh, talking about the loss of your husband yeah and we were talking about this with Joel yeah it's it sometimes she hasn't processed she it. hasn't processed it yet maybe 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 one day she will wake up and because she will not be fed all the uh, things that the chat was saying to her you know uh, su- suddenly it will wear off. And reality will kind of penetrate slowly and and hit her. Uh, Julie Nelson writes, happy to be viewing from Las Vegas, Nevada, as Kaz Kirby is from St. Albans, United Kingdom. And then you've got Holly Coleman's neighbor here. Hey, hey, here from Dallas, uh, Texas. Sabrina writes, oh, no, she would love a men's prison, which might be true. She was on husband number five. So there is a possibility there. Uh, Jackie and uh, Holly, but Jackie, to you first. So she's in a county jail right now, but assuming she's convicted, she's going to a state prison. How is state different than county, Jackie? Believe it or not, it's a little bit better. She's not, she, I, like Holly said, I think she'll, if, if they, when they move her, when they move her, she'll end up being in solitary confinement for a little while because how to put her right into general population isn't safe for anybody. So, She'll have more movement. She won't be in a cell 23 and a half hours a day. The food may step up a millimeter, you know, instead of 
oatmeal with bugs in it. She'll get uh, grits without bugs. You know, it's not very different. She will get a job. She will also be able to socialize. So she'll become part of the prison culture. So like we have a culture out here in the world, there also is a prison culture. So living in the prison culture, you have to now adapt and say, this is my world because she'll never, she's never going to leave. So she has two options. It's either become part of the prison culture, learn prison etiquette, learn what is proper, not proper, what is respectful, not respectful, or she'll never fit in and then be a target the rest of her life. I do believe that people that are in prison for life can have a productive life and can change while they're in prison. I don't know if that's something she could do. She could take education classes. She can, I mean, this is way out in the future, you know, we're we're talking way in the future, but she can have a life that will be a prison culture. I mean, Holly, I I, I know you can agree with that. that. A hundred percent. That's exactly it. She'll have a little bit, she'll have more freedom as time goes. They will move her transition her from solitary into, you know, like I said, a group, one that's more, you know, her age, more of possibly under, (laughs) she killed her kids. So, (laughs) Um, but yes, she will either have to embrace and where it means she'll get a job and have some form of sense of purpose. um, And, she, I would say, is going to need to seek as many classes and what there is available um, because she's going to have to think this is the rest of her life and she's going to have to learn the rules and the unwritten rules. And yes, either if you, you either sink or you, <laughs> or you swim. It's true. And with her, this is the, her life. So she needs to find a sense of purpose. When you're... Uh, by the way, Teresa writes, hi to esteemed guests. I just improved in the calm here. She's watching in Donegal, Ireland, followed by another person, Joe Simpson, watching in the UK, Carm. So it truly is a global audience. And Shannon Wagner, like that you said, I'll joke later, not now, LOL, people quoting Carm. And this, look at this, Sue, I am a retired Federal Bureau of Prison warden. This is rather interesting. And Sue has probably seen it all. Uh, Sue, surviving the survivor at gmail.com. Reach out and maybe we'll bring you on as this continues uh, to uh, develop here. And then we've got Melbourne, Australia in the house. So, uh, and then Penny reminding everyone, please smash that like button. Please smash that like button. Um, Jackie, to you, uh, her best friend, Melanie Gibb, took the stand on Thursday. And Melanie Gibb, was kind of deep in this with uh, Lori Vallow. And she said that Lori would say that the things to her uh, about her son, JJ. She would tell me that he would say things like, I love Satan. She told me he would climb up on the refrigerator and go on top of the cabinets. Uh, she said it felt very unusual, but it felt very innocent. But obviously we know now that Lori believed in this notion that her, her kids' bodies were being infiltrated by zombies and that these zombies needed to be killed. Um, the reason I bring it up, the inmates in both county and, and if she goes to state, they get access to information. Uh, news travels even in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the jail and prison system. So 
they're going to know this. If you're an inmate in county or state, are you scared thinking this woman is out of her friggin' mind? Or is she even more of a target for holding just such wildly held beliefs? I think she's more of a target. But remember, there's also religions in prison. So she can go in and find her religion with people that think like her. And as Carm said, she's not being fed this now, but in the prison culture, there may be a group of women who are practicing that religion, like a Scientology group or a, and so now she's going to be immersed back into the same very religion that she's not being fed right now. So I think she's going to be a big target for anybody who is not a part of what she's thinking, which is very few people, no matter what. I don't think anyone is going to be afraid of her. No, I don't think it's afraid of her at all. all. But Holly, um, how quickly does the news travel? Like the people people in the (laughs) county, you know, there's obviously like there's daily blogs, there's people live tweeting. The people in the jail right now know. What's happened? Like, do they know that she had a meltdown in court the other day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just remember, not everybody's in solitary. So, in that open area that you were describing, that general population, they can go out and there is a TV. They're seeing the news. They're seeing the local news, and this is on. They're seeing exactly what's going on to the inmate that's in solitary. So they know just as much as information as we. I mean, (laughs) on the outside. So yes, yeah. A lot of these prisons too have tablets. So that's the new thing now. Um, they're given tablets, so they're able to go on their tablet and do email right from their cell. So um, who knows? I mean, they could be watching Mean communication, watching yeah. right here, right? Exactly. By the way, speaking of uh, future inmates and tablets and prisons, right before we went on the air tonight, I was looking for my tablet and I couldn't <laughs> find it. And I suddenly, my three kids ran into the far corners of the house, and the middle one has a little tendency to uh, be rambunctious, if that's a good word. Uh, For example, the other day, I found her name on our minivan, which sparked a whole conversation about minivans. (laughs) But today, I couldn't find my tablet, my iPad. And I asked her, and she immediately started crying, saying, I blame her. And um, eventually, we did find that tablet buried deep beneath her bed. Um, (laughs) And as I opened it, I found a little tiny crack in the corner. So she, I can hear her whimpers from far, far away. Because we are in my, in I'm trying house. to prevent my own children from uh, winding up in county or state. So this rehabilitation, be, this would be a good episode for her to tune into tomorrow. I'm not a big yeller at my Do not kids. Punish her. Even Ethel, the boxer is hiding under the bed right now. So that all happened right before we went on the air. Um, Carrie writes, for Jackie, were you in a constant state of panic waiting for your crime to be discovered, or did you feel confident you had gotten away with it? Wow. Um, At first, because I was paying my mortgage, I really didn't think it was illegal. I thought it was more on an ethical side. And then when the mortgage industry imploded, and I knew it was a crime. I knew right away I, I was going to get, I mean, they were, they were putting paralegals away, left and right, attorneys, paralegals, loan officers. So I was waiting and it was a state of panic. It was sickening. Uh, in fact, when I finally got that knock on the door, it was quite a relief. It, um, 
I needed that to happen because I don't know where I would have been today if that didn't happen to me. So for me, I'm very accountable and very transparent. And I love that you asked that because so many women are in that state of panic when they make poor choices and it's debilitating. Well, I thought the whole industry was in poor choice. The whole industry, they would give out mortgages without any uh, backup or any any kind of uh, security. In other words, they wouldn't even ask people if they have the 10% to put down. They would just give for all the values and so forth. You should in have hired Karma as your defense attorney. It, no, it was a yeah. time. It was a time when it was no regulation. Exactly. Yeah, she's right. I had a no income, no verification refinance mortgage. That was a wild and west. It, it was um, my husband actually. I did not even own the house. My husband was the only one on the house, and the bank never asked to speak to my husband. Now it and, takes um, basically a year of what feels <laughs> like prison time to try to get a loan, and then you yeah. don't get it. Um, Leah Baker, Leah Baker writes. Were these privately operated uh, prisons that are both shaking their head no? But Holly, mm-hmm. explain there. And real quick before you do, look at this. The chief marketing officer put this up. Welcome, SGS Nation. It's Karn's first day back. Subscribe, hit the like button, and submit questions to learn more about life behind bars from female arts con. But um, so they were. It's all. It's all uh, run by the. Your prison the, the, was run by the feds, right? The, the majority yeah, were. And in, in fact, you know, Biden administration actually has has cut all private prisons. No, no more. No more private prisons. So, Oh, did not know that. Catherine, so no more private prisons. Catherine writes, uh, Holly, were you frightened for your safety? Frightened for my safety as in when I was in the, the jail or frightened for my yeah. safety? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, when you of were, course. When you're incarcerated. I, I I was in with people, not low-level, non-violent offenders. I was in pe- with people at all levels. Look at Lori Vallow. Um, I was with people who committed. The lady next to me, she you know she had committed. She killed her husband. Um, so, yeah, you're in fear. You realize they have it's gang related. A lot of it mm-hmm. in San Bernardino. It's in you know Southern California. A lot of gang activity that goes on in county jails. I'm not part of a gang. <laughs> I'm far from it. Um, so yeah, when I was moved into either medical and was it their women, for some reason, they respect people who are doing fed time versus county jail time. So that's why I just leave her alone. (laughs) I had cred, I had credibility at that point. Street cred. Yeah, Yeah. street cred. But Uh, no, yes, I did. And Jackie, I know you, uh, mentioned this a little bit, but, uh, Tiff Knox wants to know what's the recidivism rate. I guess this is for women in general. Is there such a thing? Cause it, it varies from state to state and the different types of prisons. Is that right? Well, it, the, the state prison, the recidivism rate is much, much higher than it is with federal prison. So with federal prison on a financial crime, white collar crime, the recidivism rate is 1%. But when you're talking on a drug related or a, um, a violent crime, the recidivism rate, unfortunately, is higher than 30%. And that has to do with the reentry services that are not offered. There's no rehabilitation. Right now, there's simple punishment and then release people into the communities. And there needs to be more reentry and transitional situations to help people and especially help people with mental health illnesses. You're in prison for a long time. Cell phones aren't very old. So if you went to prison 15, 20 years ago and you come home today, 
you don't know how to use an iPhone. You don't know how to use a, a computer. You don't, and they aren't taught that in prison. So of course, the recidivism rate is going to be a lot higher. It, it's quite sad, actually. And uh, it looks like Holly just bounced off. She's got an issue with her Wi-Fi. Cindy, who comes to us from Moscow, Idaho, is a friend of the show. Lori has zero remorse, in my opinion followed by Lorna McKenzie. I think Lori has rationalized it all in her crazy mind. I wanted to ask uh, the two of you, but uh, meaning Holly and Jackie, but I will ask Carm and uh, Jackie. Jackie, uh, in opening statements, the uh, attorney said, and we'll wrap this very shortly because Carm gets antsy right about now. I'm uh, okay. The defendant- <laughs> Don't put it on me. The- uh, <laughs> the uh, really him, Carm. The prosecutor in the opening statement said the defendant used money, power, and sex or the promise of those things to get what she wanted. It didn't matter what obstacles she had removed to get what she wanted. Do you uh, think that's a true statement, um, Jackie? I do think so. I think that, well, first of all, I think she has a lot of mental illness. And when you're, you don't think about how, what your ramifications are when you have mental illnesses. And then there's religion in play and then there's manipulation and there's control. So I think that she was very good at getting what she wanted. And many people that many women, especially when they commit crimes, do use their feminism to be able to get away with what they're doing. And I think in her case, I mean, with every husband, she got what she wanted and she was very successful at completing what she wanted to do. Um, Eden, 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 whichever way you pronounce it. I have a niece named Eden. Uh, Carm, they took issue because you said that uh, you thought that Lori was bright and they say she's not that bright. But don't worry, because then Jessica comes in and says, Joel, admonishing me, says, we love Carm's long answers. You shush. <laughs> Followed by love Carm's perspective. Um, and it goes on. Everyone has always got Carm. Look at this. As I say, Carm's back. Someone says, Carm, I'm so glad you're back. Carm, if you read about what Lori Vallow did to her earlier husbands, especially Mr. Ryan, you might change your mind. She totally ruined his life and took his kids also. So, uh, Carm, they want you to read up a little more on the history of Lori Vallow and all of her crimes. But with that said, I take I take all criticism <laughs> from you guys, not from Joel. Carm, was it all about uh, money, power, and sex, Carm? And is every, isn't I, I everything all about money, power, and sex, Carm? What's not about money, power, and sex, Carm? Uh, well, if I think it it could be also about loftier things like the world to come, end of mm. the world. Hmm. That's a delusion, definitely. I mean, uh, because it didn't happen. Uh, they, she told people, Laurie told people that it would happen. The end of the world would be, end of days would be in a month. Hmm. She uh, just accelerated the process. The way we are going, probably there will be an end of the world, but it's not in a month. And she said in a month. So she uh, she used everything that she learned from Chad's, uh, books in uh, to her um, to her advantage, and she wanted him. And the, I even read. A, I have to tell you, this is an interesting little detail. Her fourth husband was a very good-looking man. That's debatable, but go on. Uh, that that's this Charles Vallow. Charles Vallow, and she chose 
Chad uh, Daybell, Daybell uh, uh, over him. And one of the reasons was that his she fell in love with his ideas as extreme and as far-fetched and bizarre as his ideas were they appealed to her they were they were ideas that she could relate to so what is, is she delusional and psychotic that's like a, a very easy way out i think for me to just declare her completely uh she could be a combination. There is such a thing as a combination platter. Combination platter. You heard I that? I stopped because I heard in my head the voice, Carm, you're talking too much. It's a combination platter. Janice Peace writes, and again, we're going to wrap it momentarily, uh, Jackie, to you, and you kind of touched on this, but how do you think, uh, how did these ladies think Lori will get along with other women in prison, followed by... How long before she gets shanked? And I think this is shanked um, is killed, stabbed. stabbed. Uh, if she goes to state prison, your take on that? She's not going to. I don't think she would get along very well, basically because of the culture in prison, and she's going to get a lot of shanks. I think in the very beginning when they release her into general population, she's going to have to adapt to the women that are there and she's used to controlling and being more adaptable with men. And that's not the case here. And there's a very clear hierarchy in prison and that has to be followed. And if it's not, if she doesn't have respect the way she needs to have respect for the unspoken rules, she's not going to survive. She won't survive it. And Carm Diamante yeah. writes, and she uses your exact, you've described me this way. I don't know how Lori will get along with other inmates. All I know is that she is a master manipulator. That's one of your favorite phrases, Carm. You call me a master manipulator. What have I ever manipulated? Nothing, darling, nothing. Followed by Joe Tracy, Carm. What's your take on that? She's a malignant narcissist, not mentally ill, Carm. While she ruminates well, about that, Jackie, well, well, can they? We'll, we'll, it will play out, okay? It will play out. I have a, I have a, I have a question Please. for Jackie. I'm curious about. Please. Uh, how do you see like the prototype of a leader in a in a woman's prison? What kind of a person is that person? It really goes by age. So if someone's been there. For a very long time, Carm would be the queen Carm of the prison. Would be the leader. <laughs> if I could pack it, it's right? not too. It would be Miss Carm in Ms. prison. Carm. It would never. But be if she Carm. went in tomorrow at eighty-three, does she have to work her way up, or is she? Uh, she would be respected immediately. Wow, honorary queen, just like STS Nation. Yeah, it's worth going there. I get more respect than from my son, right? And you would be Miss Carm always. It would not be. What if someone went up to Carm and just said, "I'm." On you, Carm, not Miss Carm. Would she? Would that person be a target then? Yeah, women would rally around. Women take care of other women. They would. If someone disrespected Carm at eighty-three in jail, it would be a problem. I learned that within five days being in prison. Really? And um, I didn't know coming from my background. I'm, I'm an Italian. I have an Italian background, and when you're in prison, I didn't know Miss was a sign of respect. I mean. My grandmother, I don't say miss, you know, um, but it is, it is a very big sign of respect. And I did not call one of the women in my room um, 
what miss what her name was and immediately three women explained the rules to me this is how it this is how it is it's a sign of respect and you learn quick you learn real quick because it's fearful. There's not many guards in a women's prison. There's not many guards that oversee the women because especially now this short staff so badly that they have to put them where they're most needed. Uh, final question here, and then we'll wrap it up. Julie says or asks, can they force Lori to take mental health medication? Well, they could try. She'll be in pill line. They'll give her the medication that is prescribed to her. She can cheek it. She doesn't, if she doesn't take it, there's, these women are, I don't know how they do it. They're very, very good at faking to take their medication, especially because they save it for later. If it's night medication and they're being given it at two or one in the afternoon, they'll save it or to sell it later on. So they'll prescribe it, but they can't force her physically shove it down her, down her throat. Uh, our guest who fell off but is still with us in spirit is Holly Coleman. She's one of the most notable and respected women's prison consultants uh, through various prison consultancy platforms. She navigates uh, families and individuals through the difficult process of incarceration. Holly, I know you're with us, uh, but you just dropped off, so thank you for being here. And then we've got Jackie Pulverary. She is the founder of Evolution Reentry Services. A uh, leader with over 25 years of proven successes in mentoring and therapeutic environments and criminal justice reentry. Uh, her experience working with trauma in the criminal justice field culminated through her personal journey of making poor choices over a decade ago. But now Jackie is uh, on the up and up. She's got her own business. Carm, anything you'd like to say to Jackie? Look, she came out. She uh, went through a horrible experience. Uh, there was hope, and she's uh, made the very best of it. Uh, anything you'd like to say to her? No, I, I, I supposed it to would say be yes. wonderful. No, it's, it would be wonderful. It would be wonderful if people reacted to to the uh, difficult situation with with getting out of them and overcoming them. Which is what you did. So no, uh, I didn't. But doesn't. I'm saying Jackie did, not you. Yeah. Yes, Jackie and Carmela did in a different way. Um, Carmela's. You know, okay, all right. Her story all of survival. Right. She's uh she doesn't want to get into all that right. tonight. All that's right. a whole other uh that's a whole other story. But uh Jackie, any final thoughts today for those people who are uh glued to the Lori Vallow Daybell uh trial? Um your hunch is uh she ends up in, in state prison for life and uh any final thoughts about what that experience could be like, if that's what you think. She could try if she if she makes the right moves, she can make a life for herself while she's incarcerated there and um, have a purpose for herself. I I mean, I'm a mother, so I I have very strong feelings about the crime that she committed. So Carm it's crimes. Crimes, you're right. Crimes, many. It is a uh, it is a horrific story. Um Carm, I was going to say something that I kept myself from saying because I would get too God. much. I got. I would get too God. much. Too much from. Uh, I would get too much. Uh, what, what's the word? But anyway, I'd get too much heat from STS Nation. But um, <laughs> if in fact she committed these crimes, Carmela, um, in your in your mind's eye, could she ever be redeemed for killing her own children, or is that just an unforgivable crime? As 
a person who experienced horrible things in life yourself? No, I I try. I I think I am very. Um, I always say that everybody should be forgiven ex- except for Hitler. Mm-hmm. But I think she. It would be very, very, very difficult to forgive her. Very, very. Imp- almost. I'm not as noble and charitable as to uh, for uh, forgive her. My excuse for her would be that she's mentally not all there, but that would be an easy way out. Right. Um, very well said, Carmen. While you were saying, yeah. I had to be totally transparent. I was thinking to myself, what takes longer for Carmela to answer a question or for Anderson Cooper to ask one? It's one of my biggest pet peeves. You watch Anderson Cooper, the guy takes 37 minutes after sitting in that anchor chair for 400 years because, to ask a question. Because Joel worked so many years in media. I, I thought of this. You learn to say these very fast sound bites. Correct, Carm. Well, can I ask one question to Carm? Absolutely. Yes. You can ask as many as you'd like. Absolutely. How old, Carm, are you at the age when you don't ha- when you can't slap your son anymore? <laughs> when does that stop? Because I have a third. I, I don't know. I didn't reach it yet. <laughs> okay, good. I just wanted to know because my thirty-year-old is right there. <laughs> well, trust me, that hasn't ended 30 yet. Thirty is a baby, but he has no excuse. Sarah Adams says, "Love you, Carm. I lost my hero to pray for you. Sorry to hear that, Sarah, and appreciate the kind words. Quick programming note: tomorrow night is another amazing show. If this wasn't good enough for you, tomorrow night we've got." Sky Borgman, she is the director of Netflix's hit documentary, Sins of Our Mother, about the Lori Vallow Daybell trial. She's going to be joined by both Lori Hellis and Boise criminal defense attorney Jessica Bublitz. That is tomorrow night. And then we are live on the trial all week sure. at I'll 7 do the, p.m. I love you, America. Love you, America. Love you, America. <laughs> Final seconds of the game, a chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system, or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com 
slash ranks.